My name is Andrew Thomas. Hi, I'm Colin Anderson. And we are The Brandits. Okay, it's Friday morning. We're feeling fresh and we're ready to rock and roll. Certainly are. In this episode, uh, episode four, we'll be talking about how the consumer buying process has changed over the years, both as a general trend and also particularly how COVID has impacted this process. Okay, so that's the subject. And my first question to you, Colin, is how did we used to buy things? Yeah, I mean, do you remember those times? I mean, a long, long time ago, a little bit like fairy tales, isn't it, really? And you go back to the, the high street when you used to walk around with your, with your handbag, or maybe you didn't. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> and you'd walk into the store and you'd say, oh, I like that dress. Oh, yeah. And you, or you look at the price and you say, actually, it's, you have to order it because I only have what I have in stock, right? So, of course, you know, you have to, to make to measure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to wait for it to be done, mm-hmm. uh, and then you pay whatever you had to pay for it, and then you take it home, right? But you know, all of that changed, and I mean, that changed from the 60s and the 70s, the time when we had all of these huge mega stores and the right. supermarkets open, where the you know the high street, you know, up and down wherever you were at the time, was transformed, right? We became where you had multiple choice, you had prices that were quite cheap and discounted. Right. And you had a plethora, I love that word, plethora <laughs> of choice. So, of course, the old, you know, the shop down the corner that used to sell, you know, your, your dress. Tailor-made. Your, yeah, yeah. tailor-made. No longer had a place in the marketplace. And uh, we saw right. that kind of thing disappear. Mm. So, like that, I mean, we're talking about how did we use the shop. Now we went into, you know, the supermarket. We go into the departmental store and we had a lot of choice. Um, but again, we were limited to whatever it was that was within our, our but, geographic. But why would we domain. go into the supermarket or the department store in the first place? What had been happening before that? Okay, so, uh, you know, what, what, what drove us to the, what drove us there was probably, you know, the fact that we'd seen an ad in the newspaper yeah. uh, or we'd heard a radio commercial um, or maybe we'd seen somebody uh, famous wearing something. Of course, sometimes it was like a, a Birkin bag. Or yeah, something. it was like a Birkin bag. You know, so, you know the, the exclusive things that rich and famous people wear. We think, oh, we would like to have something like that. Yeah. So of course, these are influences that drove us to. Or a, a film star wearing Levi's or some, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. cool jeans brand. Yeah. Do people even know what Levi's are. Well, sure. Yeah. 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 Well, no, so, 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 so let's, let's rewind that, that whole scenario. It's very much one where uh, it's driven by advertising, driven by marketing, uh, and the shop or the departmental store has control over what it is that you can buy, what is available. And um, I think, you know, in, when in we, store, but what about the brand itself? They're doing marketing as well, aren't they? They do a bit of it, but it wasn't as prolific as it is now. Right. And I'd say that, you know, uh, you know the, the brand owners certainly positioned their products uh, and you know, they learnt the art of selling, mm. but it was a very rational sell. It was very feature-based. Feature now, this is interesting because uh, when I was a kid and a teenager, I could never afford a pair of Levi's, but I saw myself as a Levi's guy. That's what I wanted. Mm. So I haven't even gone to a store yet, but the Levi's, Levi's, is my brand. Right. But what was it? What was it? What was it that made you feel it was your brand? Uh, you know what it was? My next door neighbor bought a pair of Levi's. And back in the 60s or whenever, whenever that was, um, do you know what he did when he bought the Levi's? 
you buy them in those days you buy them and they're almost like a piece of cardboard they're absolutely pristine well they're pristine but they're also flat you can almost not bend them they're so tight because the fibers were uh how can i say this virgin fibers i mean they're really really tight and what you had to do was you had to squeeze your legs into the levi's and then sit in a cold bath for about an hour do you know why you had to do that stretch it no shrink it to your body shape yeah yeah and that whole process fascinated oh, me yeah. and that's why levi's became my brand i thought wow that's really cool and when you buy an old pair of levi's in a sort of mom and pop store in california or something like that you know one of these places which is not trendy and you're just a, a farmhand or a cowboy or whatever so you buy the traditional levi's you probably still have to do that mm. Mm. and they just shrink to your shape and that's what that was what was so good about levi's that number one, they're really durable, they're great work clothes, and they look good on your body. And the reason they look good on your body is because it's shrunk to your shape in the bath. Wow. Can oh, you believe okay. that? Well, no, I, I, I can believe it. I, but I mean, I never, this I know, I never, I never actually experienced that myself. It? Yeah, my brand was never That's Levi's. Branding. My That's brand, branding, was, never, my brand was never Levi's, my brand was Wrangler. And I, I was going to say, yeah, died, Wrangler. I died with the brand. <laughs> Wrangler almost disappeared. <laughs> they, Have you heard of Wrangler? Yeah, they probably yeah know. and lee lee yeah lee yeah. was another kind so of so you're a lee guy and a wrangler guy. no no i was, I was really just, just wrangler. a wrangler yeah, yeah yeah at the age that of, was never at me. the age of kind of 12 or 13 that was kind of like the, the thing to wear right yeah. uh and you know and hey you know as you get a bit older you know sometimes you're influenced by you know your your peers and yeah my course, next door neighbor yeah you know, of course and for strange me, rituals yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah interesting isn't it yeah, yeah. So, so we kind of digress a bit, but let's let's kind of go Sorry. back to the story, which is Sorry, how. Off the scent no, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. How you know? How did we used to buy? So we used to buy um, by means of sort of seeing ads, influenced by people in our in our next door neighbour sitting in a cold bath with his or jeans a film on, star. or a film star with like a Birkin bag, Steve McQueen, a Steve yeah. McQueen with a Birkin bag. Well, no, um, with the Levi's. <laughs> Steve McQueen is not a Birkin bag guy. He's a Levi's guy. Is he? Okay, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's before my time. No, <laughs> no it's not. <laughs> okay, so we, we, we're in this kind of process where, you know, there was, there's a mass market. Um, and all over the world, actually, it's the same brands. It's the, uh, and it's the same. Every high street. Every high street. Every, every, every kind of departmental European, store has the same world kind of capital. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So now what happens is enter the era of the internet. Yeah, so how's it changed now? So okay. you, talk, you talk now about the uh, buying process before. Mm. What about now? What's, what's changed? Okay, so in, the internet is creative. I mean, for, from my point of view, you know, obviously it's a plethora of choice. It's increased exponentially. Um, you know, you're able to not only be able to see, view, uh, um, compare, um, and to, to analyze kind of the choices that you make, look at all sorts of different brands, brands that you never see on your high street, brands that uh, don't exist in, with, even within your country. I mean, there's so much, so many different brands that you almost become paralyzed in choice. Right. So what do you do? Well, you then you, you kind of listen to social media, you listen to other people, and you know, they say, you know, it, you know, the influence that people like, you know, social influencers, uh, 
have is tremendous in terms of the fashion industry. Right. But that yeah. maybe we're not just talking about the fashion industry, we're talking about every industry. Yeah. So, you know, whether it's B2B or B2C, the whole buying process has become this um, this very different shape. You know, I use the word shape because you think in the traditional sense, it used to be called the funnel. Yeah. And the funnel is one where you, at the front end of the funnel, the wide end of the funnel, you kind of tell people about what you have. And then they come into the store and they experience it and then they try it on and then they buy it. And then, of course, then there's a purchase. Um, and it's kind of like this kind of funnel shape. So, you know, with, with a shrinking or reducing number of choices that you're making in your head as you go through that purchase funnel. Now, you know, it could be argued at that kind of point, what is the most important point? And then we're going to come back to this at the end, right? Because... At the point of sale, yeah, that is what I always call the last three feet. Uh, people can change their minds, and right. they often do. So, you know, for all that work that you put in, as the, you know, the advertiser, the promoter, the salesperson, all of these things comes down to that last three feet, where people either buy or they don't buy. Now, enter back last into the meter, let's, if you're yeah, a last meter, person. yeah, if you're a yeah. metric person. Now, going back to our internet. Uh, kind of example. So this kind of doesn't work anymore, right? right. Because there's no funnel anymore. Why is that? Because it's a, it's a freaking mess. Yeah, you're right. It's, <laughs> it's a, a mess. It's a mess. Why is it a mess? It's a mess because you kind of think of consumers. Consumers, are, or I mean, I say consumers. I shouldn't call everybody consumers because we're, we're all like this, right? We all kind of, um, you know, see what we like, whether we're consuming it or not. We're kind of on all the time. Right, And yeah. there's no on and off button. Uh, you know, like I might, it's like we're browsing the shop all well, the time. Hey, hey, look, yeah, like yeah. I'm, I'm sitting there doing some work and I'm playing some music and I'm thinking, shit, I like this song. I want to go and buy this song. So I go to Shazam and I Shazam it and go, oh, that's the song, that's the artist. And I now go into Apple. I like go and buy the buy the song, download it instantly. I have it. Okay. And then you carry so, on working. So then I continue on working. So you're not really kind of. Uh, and you haven't ever, moved from your chair. I haven't moved my chair. Yeah, that's correct. That's right. I'm still on my butt. Yeah, you haven't my even gone butt. to the office. <laughs> That's You're why it's a platform. Working. That's why it's a platform, you see. <laughs> We're speaking on a platform. So, okay, so that's the kind of where we now see it more of a cyclical thing where people are always on. They're constantly churning through decision-making processes. Sometimes they're ready and to buy. they comparing stuff. They're comparing. Reading reviews. Reading. They're, yeah. uh, uh, they're Talk, and, chatting and, online with friends. Yeah, and do you know, I mean, you say about conscious decision. Conscious decision runs at around about kind of 25 bits per second. Is that but right? unconscious thinking. This is psychologist. Yes, yeah, psychologist. Yeah. Yeah. So unconscious thought runs at about 8 billion bits per second. Right. So there's wow. a lot of stuff that goes on on We're your head. You're you pro- yeah, know and it. you don't even know it. You know, there's sometimes you're you're, you're watching a YouTube. Yeah, you're watching a YouTube video, and this ad comes up for Grammy telling you how you can type letters so much more efficiently. And you think, oh shit, this ad is t- pissing me off. I want to get past the ad. But right. you actually have taken that in. You know it. And next time someone says, "What's that software? Oh, it's that Grammy software." drives you around the twist but you know hey you know i i kind of had that in my mind and that's the same with a lot of things we see that um the buying decision is no longer a linear process now it's circular and i'm going from 
looking, observing into a mode where maybe I'm thinking of buying, acquiring, maybe I want to test it out, maybe I want to ask for further opinions, and I constantly churn around, around, around. So what does that mean for, what does that mean for brands? Mm, what does yeah. that mean for people who are in the business of trying to convince you that you're, you or you want to put your brand in their space? Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing a shift from, mm. if you like, the, the brand deciding what it's going to tell you about itself right. to consumers like you or I pulling, getting our own, building our own sense of what the brand is all about by pulling information from different sources that, that, um, that build up that brand picture, right? In the past, it was controlled by the brand itself or, or the retailer, right? Mm. Mm. Now it's controlled by you and you and me. I mean, there yeah? was some there was some thought. Sitting in our chair. Yeah, there's some thought that says you walking know, down the street. Sometimes the most influential people are not even kind of like the those those uh, uh, influences. The influences, but it's a, actually family members. It's, it's family actually, members. It's, it's yeah. a lot of these things. Or best friends. Or best friends. BFFs. Yeah. BFFs. Yeah. 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 My BFF has a lot to say about everything I wear. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You. <laughs> Yeah, you are your girlfriend's choices. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> You're completely yeah. controlled. She's got you by the short and curlers. <laughs> but, you know, like hey, Harry, Prince Harry. Yeah, but, you know, when you talk Make about, say, for instance, now, and again, think about brand owners and, and what they have to put up with. It's really, it's a really tough gig. Yeah. I mean, say, for instance, you know, what a kind of, if you're, you know, if you're selling things on Shopee or Lazada, you think, you know, okay, so, you know, you have a certain amount of control. Mm. But then again, you think about, Lazada and Shopee are still platforms. Not yeah. Shopee like us, really. They're a platform. <laughs> right. But they... Let's get they, off they, the they, they, they get off the platform. They, they kind of also can stuff it all up for you. Right, yeah. I mean, you think that the brand has a certain kind of experience that you're trying to, to curate, whether it's online or whether it's offline, whether it's in the shop or whether it's uh, you know, through their website. And the buying experience can be really, really churned up when you find out that, you know, people like, say, for instance, the likes of uh, these uh, shopping channels, the e-commerce channels, yeah. can deliver things late. They can deliver the wrong things, all those kind of things as well. So, again, I think brand yeah. owners have a tough time sort of kind of pushing through this and trying to get seen. And, again, against all of the plethora of choice that you have, how is it that the best will rise to the top? Yeah. Now, there is some also some interesting research that says that when you look, you know, and, you know, this is over the last uh, 10 years, when you survey things like um, cheap, cheap is not such a search term as best. Right. So yeah, that right. means that there is kind of like, you know, hope at the end of the tunnel that the best products could win. Yeah, right. right? Yeah. So, so now, can, I, can I just sum, try and summarize what you're okay, saying then? Sure. So, so the, the, there's been a basic shift from uh, what, we, what marketers call a kind of um, how we used to buy before was called the purchase funnel, whereby you know, at the top of the funnel, we, we consider lots of brands that have been, if you like, promoted to us through, uh, through their own controlled media and, and through friends and, and whatever. And we go through a process of considering our uh, uh, you know, choice set and narrowing it down, narrow, 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 till finally we make the final choice. And uh, brand owners in, in that era had control of the process and they would bombard you with marketing messages which influenced your decision making. That was sort of the, how it used to be. And then nowadays, it's more of a kind of a circular process where we consider ourselves, you know, what we're going to buy because we've sort of built our own idea of brands in our own heads. 
we've been influenced by friends, uh, we've been influenced by, you know, role models in the community, we, you know, we like certain people and we like what they, they buy, uh, and then we evaluate what we want to, we make our own evaluation, and then we decide whether we want to buy or not. And that evaluation is, is happening through our own kind of searches on social media, our own discussions in chat groups with friends and family and so on and so forth. And that's how we buy. In a sense, we are, we're making all the branding decisions. We build up the brands in our own heads. So that, to me, is summarized. Is that a fair yeah, summary of what you just said? Pretty good. It's pretty yeah. good. So that being the case, let me ask you a key question, Colin. Does that mean that old traditional brand building is dead or traditional retail is dead? I mean, in the past, it was driven by brands, and we went out to a store to buy it. We physically went to a store, and we had a look at stuff. But is that, is, you know, is that dead now, or what? Okay, so, so you know, um, again, post-COVID, <laughs> we kind of like, during COVID, maybe it was dead. It was really, really hard. Uh, but now, kind of like, we, we kind of, well, yeah, but now we're, coming out of it. we're kind of coming to a point where you can still return back to shops, go back to... Your, your, your routine of, you know, eating out and, you know, walking around, having a look at things, what's on show. Um, you know, if you see something you like, hey, you know, I want to try on. It's still things like, so for instance, my size. I want to try it on. I want to trial it. I want to touch and feel it. Are still really relevant. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for, for me personally, you know, I mean, if I'm going to buy something, you know, yes, I've researched it online. I've done a few, kind of looked at a few alternatives. And then, of course, I want to go into the store and I want to have a store experience. So, yeah. you know, is the store experience kind of aligned to my online experience? That's one kind of things that, you know, really, you know, brand owners have to kind of curate and build together. But, you know, in, on the whole, it's still that there's this kind of need to be, um, you know, there to touch and feel it. Now, again, Talk maybe, somebody. maybe, yeah, maybe, I'm a, maybe I'm an old guy who does this, you know, maybe, you know, Younger guys out there and younger well, girls. Well, no, because research that. has shown that millennials so, so, and post-millennials, mm -hmm. so we're talking Generation Z, right, yep. are really into human connection. Right. So, yes, they'll do their research online, mm. but they will go to a store and they will look at the stuff. They mm. might not buy it in there, or they might not buy it from the store. They'll buy it in there, but not from the store. They'll buy it online, but in the store, right? <laughs> it's yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, so, I do that so, too, and I'm yeah. not Generation Z. Yeah. So they like the, the, the physical experience, yeah. you know, so um, it's not dead. No, it's, 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 it's just definitely temporarily not. suspended it's definitely by not. And, COVID. And there's also things like, say, for instance, I buy it online, but I return it to the store. I mean, how many times yeah. have I been to Lululemon no, with my right. partner? With yeah. my partner, right? Hey, Lululemon also do guy stuff, right? Don't look at me like that, right? right? So Lululemon, you know, hey, you buy online, you can return everything to the store if it doesn't fit you. Great, fantastic. Get right. your money back, off you go, or change the size. Yeah. You know, so you're trying to look for the convenience. And if you look, what is it about online sales? It's all about convenience is number one. Yeah. You know, I don't want to get off my butt. I'm too lazy to go. And, on they, and as long as... You know, the shipping cost is very, very low. Well, I'm very, very happy. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. But the store experience gives me a few other things. It gives me one experience. Two, it means I can look at the products um, and I can purchase it straight away and take it away with me. Yeah. Right. So I, I kind of feel that, you know, this kind of thing is not dead. I mean, look at again in age context. What do we do as recreation in Asia? It's hot outside. It's stinking hot. It's 32 degrees, 95% right. humidity. What do we do? So we go to a mall because it's air conditioned. 
Fantastic. Right? Okay. And there are lots of choices of things to do there. Yeah. Shopping, and, and, and I don't, yeah, I, yeah, I don't just go there to buy stuff, right? I go there to socialize, be yeah. CNBC. Yeah. Well, I go there with, I go, I go there, you know, I want to sit down, have a great meal, chat with my friends, meet up some, with somebody. Yeah. And then, by the way, oh, okay, so while we're here, I wanted to go and have a look in Nespresso. Let me go and have a look exactly. in the Nespresso shop. I wanted to return my, my big bag of used yeah. thingies, you know, because it's socially responsible. Return yeah. all the aluminium. So, you know, and by the way, oh, yeah, maybe I should buy extra few sleeves while I'm here. Exactly. But, hey, oh, I, really like, I really like that new frother that they brought out. Maybe I'll have a look at that. Yeah. Maybe I won't buy today, but maybe I'll buy later. But a lot of that comes back down to what you said earlier about the last three feet or the last mm. metre, as I pointed out to mm. our, you know, so our local friends. Uh, our our metric metric friends. friends. Yeah. Um, there's so much. We love the impulse buy. And our... In that last meter or last, you know, hundred meters, because we're walking through a mall, we see things we hadn't thought of before, and, and we change and, our minds, or we what, buy more. And if you think and about this way, like, the long love the spontaneous impulse buy. Look, right? the longer you have to make the decision, the, the less chance you, you are of buying online. it. The yeah. less chance you are to buy it. So yeah. the now syndrome is really important. Buy it now. Yeah. You know? But what's an important point to, sorry to butt in there. I see we but, butt heads. Yeah, we I butt, butt in yeah, there, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, one thing about COVID and, did, and, and the influence of digital, which maybe isn't going to last, is we love, we love the impulse buy. We like going out and seeing things we haven't heard of. A thought of and one thing about buying things online is that you do not impulse buy that just doesn't happen it does but much much more rarely yeah because mm. we're it we're in our homes we're there there aren't the stimuli to make that happen yeah so I, I, that's one reason why retail has gone down mm. during the covid crisis it's simply because we're all stuck at home and there's nothing there's no external stimuli to increase our purchases mm. If you look over time, like so that. if you look over time, so if you say, for instance, with the fashion brands, right? If you look at fashion, over time, actually, there's been a reduction in the yeah. spend. But yes. that's not because people are buying less. Actually, they're buying the same or buying more, well, buying more but it's become yeah. more affordable. So, you know, right, there, there's also, yeah and, yeah, and also because, you know, if you think about the, all the decision making that goes into buying, the most critical factor is can I afford it? And if that well, is a factor, right. then is it is it right for me? Do I need it? So these are very functional things. Yeah. And then again, this is what we want to really want to cover here, is we want to talk about the emotional component to that. Yes. So emotional content is once you've gone past the rational decisions, and that's where brands come in, because brands are purely an emotional cell, right? So, you know, why, yeah. am I, why am I emotional about Levi's and why am I emotional about Wrangler? Why am I emotional about Lee? Why am I emotional about some other brand? It's because I have some kind of connection with it. It means something to me. It may not mean the same thing to everybody, yeah. uh, but I have that connection. I yes. feel they're part of my tribe. Or I'm part of their tribe. I feel like I have... Uh, you know, something, there's some kind of camaraderie between me and that brand. Yeah. Maybe in the way they look in the ads, maybe it's the kind of people that wear it. I have an aspirational desire to be, you know, a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you cowboy, you know? well, well, you see, that brings me back to the second part of my okay. question. I, I had two parts. One, right. is traditional um, retail dead mm. and is traditional brand building dead? 
Right. And your answer is no. You, you haven't said why. You're, you're now moving into why traditional brand building is actually very, very important. It, it's, I it's, mean, I've heard some research, I think it's from McKinsey, which says that uh, even in this new era of, you know, of uh, this buying process, which is sort of driven by us rather than by big brands, big brand building is still really important because when you're considering your, your broad set of initial brands, you tend to narrow down that set because uh, because that brand has pre-sold itself to you. We tend to trust the brands that market themselves really well, that have a good brand reputation. And how do you build a brand reputation? Over to you, Colin. So, so, so think about this, right, for a second. Let's, let's think about how we traditionally used to do it with traditional forms of advertising. So yeah. TV, press, radio. The thing about this is it's still alive today. And whether or not you think about it, it still is there. Whether you know you're watching the, the right. YouTube thing and suddenly you're, you have, there was a uh, an ad that came up that interrupted your show, yeah. it's still a form of this kind of advertising. This is about the best way to get awareness. So once you have awareness, mm. then the next thing is um, is to make an informed choice about buying. Yeah. So that's where the internet becomes very interesting because the internet gives you the tools. Platform. The, the, Another, <laughs> what is it with platforms today? Yeah, but no, you're you're, you're mentioning an important point that, mm. uh, that there's a big part of traditional brand building which is still alive and kicking and very important, and that is building general brand awareness. Right, right. That's it. Yeah. If you're not aware of the brand, you're not even going to consider it, are you? Correct. It's not going to correct. be in your if consideration if set. If it's not, if, if you're not on the shopping list. Yeah. Forget <laughs> and, uh, okay, it. You're so, dead so, already. I mean, okay. So let me give you an example of this. Like. Uh, the trip, the typical trip to the supermarket, right? Now, if you had to actually examine every single product that you were going to put into your basket, it would take you eight hours That's, to do your shopping. You've heard some research, have you? Yeah, I have heard yeah. some research. <laughs> and, but you can do it, and when I can do it, I can do it in 15 minutes because I already pre-know what I want. I know which brands. I know oh, which you size. mean if you didn't know anything and went yeah. to the store, you'd yeah. take eight hours eight to... Eight hours to choose everything that you need. Because you'd be looking at all these Because there's labels. so much choice. There's so oh, many so things out there. So oh, no, many right. different you, things. It's brand building and they will yeah. to narrow down your now, choices. So right? what I'm saying to you is that what we're doing is we're putting a space... We're taking the space in somebody's head that we're saying, when you think of ketchup, the first thing you think about is Heinz. True. Yeah. Fifty-seven varieties. Like yeah. when you think of chocolate, you, yeah. and you think of chocolate, you think of a glass and a half. Right. Yeah. When you think of uh, you know uh, uh, coffee, okay. So which coffee brand do you buy? Nescafe. Nescafe. Okay. So three in one. Yeah. Exactly. Whatever it is. So, so you yeah. kind of made these choices all in your head and the same. You want kaya toast? You think yakun kaya, right? Not toast box. Oh, well, that's second. Yakunkar <laughs> is, the, is the benchmark. Is it? Right? Oh, okay. no, Why? I'll, I'll, because it's been around longer. Yeah. They've promoted their brand well. They've refreshed it recently. Well, comparatively recently, it's now a franchise. You see it everywhere. No, 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 no. It tastes good too. No, no. In average. That's traditional brand building. Yeah, on average, you, you're, you, will, be, um, you will be assaulted. You'll be assaulted with about 5,000 brand messages every day. Yeah. Right. So do you remember them all? Probably not. Not consciously. What but are they in the back the of your head? What they're, floats to the yeah, surface? What, they're back of your head. Those kind of things. It's the ones processing. that have built them. Yeah. The ones that float to the surface are the ones that have promoted their brands in the most effective, correct, correct. And probably, and believable, and, probably and authentic have, way. 
probably yeah. had more meaning to you. There was something emotional about that brand that suits you. That's why we spend all our time in evaluating emotional content rather than thinking about the rational self. I mean, you think when we always talk about positioning, it's what, how, who, and why. And what is as boring as batshit, right? So right. you've got kind of like, okay, so that's infrastructure, it's products and services. When we say how, it's a little bit more interesting. It's kind of a methodology or your way in which things are kind of structured, how you deliver it. But then who? Who are you? Your Levi's, okay? Or your Wrangler. Yeah. And then why do you do it? Well, because I want to be a cowboy. You know, and when you think about what, why, and you think about who, they are far more emotional yes. in their content. But there's another element to the why nowadays in the part. I'm going to describe to you why I, partly why I liked Levi's jeans. I mean, yes, you're right. It's because of that association with good rugged work clothes from the sort of uh, gold rush era in California and ranches and cowboys and all that sort of stuff. It appealed to me when I was a teenager. Um, but nowadays, you know, if I were a millennial or a, a, um, a Generation Z customer, it might be those stories of on origin. Wow, you have to leap in a bath for the, the Levi's to shrink to your shape. It'll be that on the one hand, the sort of unique rituals around the product. But also it'll be that Levi's foundation gives money for female empowerment, uh, child literacy, uh, and so on and so forth. And you'll be thinking, oh, I like that brand. It's a... It, it kind of aligns with my values. Mm. So, I mean, again, research has shown that nowadays, and it is, we're not just talking about millennials and Generation Z customers. I mean, it's baby boomers like me and you. We really care about the provenance of the, of the products that we buy. Is yeah. it doing me any good? Is it doing the world? Is it doing the planet good? Mm. This matters almost to everybody nowadays, mm. right? Yep. I feel yeah. totally agree. Well, certainly yeah. in the developed world, increasingly in the developing world as well. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's, mm. it's to do with Maslow's, you know, hierarchy of hierarchy needs. Of needs. Yes. I mean, if you're, if you're poor, then you're only concerned about how you can fill Survive. your stomach. You know, survival, Survive, yeah. yeah. But if you've had your stomach filled, you then care about higher, higher, you know, higher uh, needs, like yeah. satisfying your sense of, of fulfillment or religious fulfillment. And that's where these values come in. So nowadays, People are increasingly worried about how good the brand is, how well they behave, and so on and so forth. Yeah, right? and, and brand owners themselves, you know, uh, I mean, not everybody kind of uh, toes the line, right? Yeah. And we kind of did one of these ones. I can't remember. Yeah, that's the previous subject. Yeah, yeah. you know, really brands short, that go, to, go woke. No, no, it's not, it's, it's not that short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but okay, so, so um, what else? Uh, well, okay, so we, we've mentioned, uh, let's, okay, so let's summarize some of mm. this. So we basically, are, we've, we've said, you know, does the new buying process, which is driven increasingly by uh, the digital revolution, mean that traditional brand building is dead? We said, no, it doesn't. In fact, it's really important now to sort of elevate awareness of that brand in the, in the choices that you consider. Mm. Why? Because everybody's short of time and we want to narrow down, speed things up, we, you know, we don't want to consider 100 brands. We'd rather consider five. And who gets in that list of five? It's normally the brands who promoted themselves really, really well. Mm. So on the one hand, uh, brand, traditional brand building is definitely alive and well, and, and brand owners should really consider that. Don't, don't get tempted into thinking, oh, now I must spend everything on social media, short-term discounts, discounting and stuff like that. Well, that, there's a place for that, right, Colin? There definitely is. There definitely yeah. is a place for that. But that doesn't mean you shift your money from traditional brand building to these 
quick fix solutions. So, so when we say traditional brand building, let's clarify. What we're talking about there is we think about... Building what, a good brand. Building good a brand good brand, name. a foundation, which means that a brand stands for something. It has a, it has a story. It has a promise. Yeah. Um, it has packaging. It has uh, key good visuals. Des- good aesthetics. Key, yeah. It, good name. It's kind of uh, put together in a way that really that, that, that people can, uh, can relate to. Yeah. So, you know, the messaging is really important. Yeah. So, you know, those are the kind of things that, you know, when... That's traditional brand building. That's traditional brand building. Yeah. Okay. And, and then, we've also said that, when you, unless you want to say any more on that, we've also said that traditional, well, retail, physical retail is not dead. What we didn't really talk about earlier is mm. it's, it's not traditional retail. It's changed. Now the physical space has become an experience center, right? Or an endorsement center. We go there to endorse, to confirm the choice we've already made. We don't necessarily buy it there anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? I do, I do. So yep. what we're saying is not necessarily that traditional retail uh, is, is, well, it, it still is alive. It's less important than it used to be. But what hasn't died is the physical space. Right. It's just changed its I mean, the, purpose, the, 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 right? most, the most important word that came out of that, that sentence was experience. Yeah. And because we, know, we, 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 talk, we talk about, you know, the customer journey as a kind of way of being able to build that relationship with a customer. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not the fun. It's not one where you have a linear journey, you start them at A, or we start at one, they go two, three, four, five, six. It doesn't work that way. And you know, so what we have to do is think across all our channels, think uh, not just in, this, in terms of the physical store, but also in terms of how they, how they find us on the internet. You know, what does social media, how does social media add or subtract from this? Uh, and that can means that we're, we're talking to people who we have no control over. You know, um, but the most important thing as a brand owner is to become part of that conversation. Right. Yes, exactly. It's, it's, so we're changing the direction yeah. or the yeah the direction of travel from uh, before when it's all driven by the brand to now you have to collaborate with your customer. Correct. Correct. Dialogue. Yeah. It's a sort of two-way communication yeah. with the consumers, right? Yeah, and I love this sort of idea. We we call it kind of moments of truth. Right. So so you know there is a number of moments of truth which uh, if they succeed uh, lead you. Uh, into a kind of like a cycle with your brand. So the first, the zero moment of truth is that I, I, I've never heard of Levi's before. You know, I'm, I'm, no, let's pretend. Assuming, right? yeah, assuming pretending I, you didn't know never heard of Levi's. Were, yeah. who, who the hell is Levi's? Okay, so I, I, I Google the, the Levi's brand. Oh, it pops up this, this, and this. Oh, that's interesting. So then I, 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 uh, I message a friend and say, have you heard of Levi's? What do you think of Levi's? And they say, yeah, they're pretty damn cool. You know, I always wanted to be a cowboy and I've always wanted to hang out in ranches with, you know, big hairy men. Oh, okay. So does that mean that, I, you know, maybe I should try them? Maybe I should go into this, have a look on the on- online. So I go onto their website. Oh, yeah, lots of pictures of big hairy men with Levi's on. Yeah, maybe that's that's cool. I can be part of this in crowd, right? So off I go and I go into the shop. You know, so this is maybe my first moment of truth is going online and having a look. Oh, actually, my first moment of truth may be having that kind of intro from a friend. The second moment of truth is I have a look online. Third moment of truth is I go into the shop and I try them on. Gee, you know, on my big, hairy, fat legs, they look really good, you know. I can see myself hanging out at that make my butt look smaller. Yeah, yeah, I can see myself in the back of that horse, you know, chewing tobacco. <laughs> uh, and... <laughs> 
you know, and, you know, hey, riding out into the sunset, the girl see, under fly my arm. Butterfly. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah. I can see the Apaches approaching, you know. Hey, yeah. get my gun out. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, I can see it all part of myself. So maybe I make a purchase, I buy something. Oh, I get it home. Actually, it's a bit tight, man. Yeah. Oh, it makes my gulags feel a bit tight, right? Okay, so I had to go back to the shop. Oh, okay. Can I have a reef? Oh, no, no problem. Go here. Here's the right side. Oh, fantastic. Okay. No problems there. I gotta, I've got to have my fourth or fifth moment of truth, right? Which um, is how the brand serves me if yeah. I take the thing back. Correct. Right. right. So then I finally, finally get on horseback and I'm riding out into the wilderness and I bump into someone. It's like, gee, you've got Levi's on. You must be really cool. I say, yeah, I am. And that, then I then tell, tell my friends online, I say, guess what? I went out riding the other day with my yeah. Levi's on and I bumped into a whole bunch of strangers and they said, oh, your Levi's are really cool. You should go out and get the Levi's. And they will rush out and they do what you just did. So it's like kind of brings you back to what we call the, the ultimate moment of truth is what you share it with your friends. Yeah. They get excited about it and off they go, they go and buy their, their Levi jeans too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so it's a kind of cycle and yeah. you've heard it from somebody and else. Throughout this process, you're, you're uh, nowadays we're dialoguing online with friends and with the brand itself effectively yeah, and, with our yeah. feedback. Yeah. And uh, brand owners need to be aware of that. They yeah. need to sort of, they can't control the process, but they need to manage it somehow. They need to take advantage of it. Yep. I don't you know. know if you've ever you've ever bought a car, right? The Not first literally. thing you well, the first thing you do when you buy a car is you start looking at other people that have the same car as you. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of a reassurance that you made the right buying decision. Mm, yeah. And you know, it's the same thing with, I suppose it's the same thing with Levi's jeans. That, you know, not that I buy them that often, but you know, you're you right, and you see, you, you, yeah, you start seeing your you, brand everywhere. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. Uh, you know if, you, if you just bought a, a really beautiful kind of, you know, uh, Hugo Boss shirt, like this one, like you see, like this one, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, you, you start looking around. What's up. your point, Tom? What, what point are you making? I just want to tell everybody that I'm wearing a Hugo Boss shirt. You know? <laughs> Maybe, what's the bigger point? The bigger point here is, I don't get it. again, it's, it's psychological. Right. It's, it's in the grey matter. It's, it's a messy situation. Mm -hmm. It's not like you can control all of these things. Yeah. So the buying decision online is not a linear journey. It's not something you can go, okay, this happens there, and this happens there, and this happens there. You have to be in the mix. You have to think about it as being part of a conversation. Yeah, sure. Right? So I think we're, we're kind of, kind of uh, we need to round things up. Um, so, so Colin, let's just see if we can summarize for our, our dear listeners um, what, you know, what we think brand owners can learn or should take note of in this sort of, this era of change, mm. you know, particularly coming up to post-COVID, we're coming out of COVID now, what do we think is going to be okay, important so, to remember? So there are, gonna, points, there, right? there are going to be some things that obviously, you know, post-COVID will, will change. I mean, one is definitely, as soon as they open up the borders, everybody's going to get on planes and fly everywhere. So that, that's definitely going to happen. Um, will, um, will, will there be changes that may stay, stick around? I mean, I certainly hope that we can have less meetings and more Zoom meetings. I, I certainly like that. No, I'm, I'm different. I think that one thing post-COVID that will happen is we will go back to real meetings. Oh. That doesn't mean we won't do Zoom anymore, but I don't know. 
I can't be the only one who finds some really, really frustrating experience, which is well, you know, I, I emotionally this, kind of wears I, I, you I, I, out. I, don't I know had why. this experience the other day where someone turned up really late and they said, "Sorry, I'm just so used to Zoom meetings, I forget that it takes me half an I hour to put get my to the trousers office." On. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. That's the that, but that kind of thing also will happen. I think that you know, why would you spend all this money on travel for business if you can still achieve the same objective? by doing it online. No, that's true. I'm not you saying, know, you know, we're, we're going to abandon Zoom. I'm yeah. just saying that, you know, there's such a, there's such a value to human contact. That, yeah. uh, you know, a Definitely. Lot of and again, if, you, if we're thinking about it in the context of, of brands and, yeah. and, and, and uh, retail, then you're definitely those kind of things will change back sure. to a certain degree. But I think what we've experienced is a, a fundamental shift in the way in which we use digital media, the way we use our phones, the way we uh, we interact with brands online, that we yeah. will not change. That will only increase in its intensity. Um, so you know, it's kind of you got to go forward with a mixed strategy. Yeah, you sure. cannot kind of go okay. So you know, uh, it's 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 one or the other. Yeah. Now we say four key points. Yes. So, so the four key points. We kind of say that you know that we've got to remember that we are no longer, as the brand owner, driving the process. Yeah. Customers, customers are driving. Yeah, customers are. You know, customer is king. And we used to say that you know 30, 40 years ago. Didn't really mean and, it. And didn't mean it. And but you know, now, now it's true. We don't have any choice. That's the right. customer is king because the customer of is king. Social media. So right. that's the first point. Second point is. Well, the second point really is that we should think about being part of a conversation with our consumers. Be more collaborative. We, no, we, we need to be, we, they need to be part of our tribe. We need to have them on our side. We need to be talking to them about what we're doing, how we're doing it, why we do it. And inviting it's not, their yeah, feedback. Inviting them to be part of the story. It. Being part of the story, and if, Even if they do, criticism, right? well, we have to accept it. Absolutely. And then you know, think, 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 think of TripAdvisor. Yeah, you know, it's just and nobody looks at all the nice glossy pictures of hotels anymore in their websites. They look at what did the, the the people that stayed there, what did they photograph, and how did it really look? You know, and that's that's the that's the truth of the matter. Yeah, so that's the second point. Change the focus of we have to change. Brand owners need to change the focus uh, of their messaging to a more kind of collaborative sort of approach with okay. with their consumers. So, so the, the, third, the third, third point, thing really is to is that you know. The physical experience uh, is not still dead. matters. It matters. Yeah. It, the human connection is definitely not dead. Yeah, we um, but it has transformed. It has become something else, and it may not necessarily be just a sales channel. It is another opportunity for you to build a relationship with the customer. Just like I said, the first, the second one there is the conversation, and the conversation also continues in the physical space. Yeah, and it, then it becomes a brand experience center rather than the place where you go and buy it. You might buy it there, but not necessarily from the shop. Correct. What Correct. you do want to do there is go there with your friends, see and be seen, have a chat, have a cup of coffee, uh, scratch and sniff, and then decide how you're going to buy it. But you need to, people want to do that in a physical space. And the last one really comes down to the fact that, you know, think, people think about it, oh, now all I have to do is do a website, now all I have to do is do lots of social Look media. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that is, is only half the story. And content is driven by having a really great story, having a strong, uh, strong, brand. Uh, a strong brand that stands for something, whatever a that is. A unique brand. Yeah. yeah you need to build uniqueness. You need to build unique differentiation. Unique features like the, the Levi's, you know, lie in a bath or the, 
the metal well, buttons. Well, they, you know, they have 57 independent tent, uh, patents in a pair of jeans. 57. Yeah, 57 patents. Nothing to do yeah. with the 57 varieties of tomato sauce. What we're saying is you need to build a unique uh, standout brand. Correct, and correct. you don't do that on social media. You, yeah. you either have it or you don't. Yep. Right. Yep. So we still need to build it. And we still got a job. People like us. We still got a job. We're the guys who build the traditional brands. (laughs) Good at logo and looking good as well. Well, you know, aesthetics is really, really important. And and you know, for me, the difference is for me and you. I mean, I always think about the verbal, the verbal strategy, the verbal identity, the message. Yeah. Because I I just think about you know the look of it. No, I don't. I think about that. I know. We all can't both think about. But, yeah. but the thing We're is, both that, wordsmiths as well as yeah, it's, you know, it's really smiths. important that you have a message that's crafted that will cut through that means something, um, you know, in the context of your brand, where you, where your brand but wants then, to be seen. If it doesn't look good, nobody's going to want to look at it. So you need both, don't right. you? You do. Yeah, both. And I think really there we've sort of rounded it all up, haven't yeah. we? Yeah, that's pretty much so covered for me. That's the message of the day. Okay, thank you very um, much. And next we'll be talking about. Gosh, I've forgotten what our next topic is. Sarah, what's our next next topic? <laughs> I think we're going to be looking at experience design. Okay, yeah. that sounds cool. I mean, yeah. we talked today a lot about how we think the physical retail space is really important, but it's changing from being a place where you go and buy stuff mm. to a place you experience the brand. So, so, so our next topic is on experience design, how you design the experience of your brand so people want to buy your stuff so don't forget to look out for episode five yeah uh, brought to you by the brandits um and uh you know don't forget to check out our website Coming to you you know the look at um, you know have a look at equus yeah have a uh, do have a look at our blog uh, you'll find it on equus-design.com that's e-q-u-u-s-design.com go to the blog and you'll find um so, great articles on the same kind of topics for example we've already got one post up there on what we talked about today yeah which is how the consumer buying process has changed it's all there and don't forget you also can look up brandcourage.com and check out all the things that we've been up to um and there's been quite a few of those too yep that's it well, it's a wrap okay thank you Bye. very much catch you guys see later. you next time see you next time